Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, uh, everybody. This is uh, guest day, uh, and we're very excited about uh, having our guest, special guests, uh, Dean and Trish Harrington uh, from uh, Rhode Island, right? You guys are from uh, Rhode Island. What, what town exactly are you guys, do you guys live in? The People's Republic of Rumford. <laughs> <laughs> About four miles outside of Providence. Oh, nice, okay. Yep. Um, and you're, uh, are you running the, the town yet, Dean, or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Only in my own mind, Rich. <laughs> Trish may be running it, though. <laughs> Trish actually does kind of have a pretty good role. <laughs> Right, Trish? That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call her the, the, the city commentator. Okay. All right. Good. We'll call it that nicely. Okay. We'll have a podcast about that uh, interesting thing. That'll be fun to, to pursue. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Trish and Dean uh, uh, are involved with uh, C12. They have a fantastic business, which Dean will describe uh, in, a, in a few minutes. And uh, we got to know them through uh, coming to an abiding retreat and then them uh, learning what it means to abide and, and then give it away, actually, in a beautiful way. So to start with, why don't you share uh, with our audience how each of you, how did you each come to know Christ uh, originally? So, Trish, why don't we start with you? How did you come to know Christ? Uh, so I always, I've been alone for quite some time, uh, both as a child and had some things happen as a child that, uh, you know, in today's world, it seems a little bit more normal, uh, you know, with dysfunctions in families and whatnot. Uh, however, when I was growing up, it was not as dysfunctional. Um, but uh, so things happened. And I always felt there was someone with me, like I used to see that poster with um, the beach. Yeah. And there was two sets of footprints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and even though I wasn't uh, with Christ at the time, I always had this warmth inside me when, you know, things did happen. I felt that there was always someone with me. And I, and I, I, I did feel faithful, uh, but the walk wasn't what it should be. It certainly, you know, it, it took some time. So um, as an adult, these things happened uh, more frequently and I was always taken care of. I always felt like uh, when, when things did happen, I was, I was held tight in the hands mm. of my father. And at that time I didn't realize, realize that who it was or what was happening, but I felt it, it was an inner warmthness to me. So uh, I'm a fairly new Christian, uh, I'm about six or seven years now. And uh, when my husband and I came to this, you know, realization like, okay, we're gonna, you know, really get into this and uh, really be obedient, uh, I realized that my entire life he was there. And now was the time, okay, now he's been there for you. You need to stop paying attention. You need to build a relationship. Uh, so basically my testimony came when uh, we committed as a family that this we were going to make this happen in, in, in both our lives and commit and be obedient and ensure that Jesus was the focus uh, of our lives, our family. Um, mm -hmm. And in, that's basically it. I mean, there's a, a number of little tiny things that made this happen, but it was all an all encompassing thing where just we decided as a family, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to be obedient. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Thank God we did. Yeah. Amen. Amen that. Yeah. Dean, how about you? Yeah, I, I grew up really strongly Catholic. My dad was uh, actually very involved in the hierarchy of the Catholic Church here in southern New England. And, but he was an interesting guy that he, he was also the Cub Scout leader 
for the city. So he told the kids when we were young that they were in his troop that if you have a different church other than the one we're meeting in right now, I'll go to church with you. So somewhere along the line, he co-signed me to that agreement at 10 years <laughs> old. And so I got exposed to, yeah, I got exposed to Methodist, Baptist, Zion Bible and different things in a very kind of ordinary way. But I always felt the love of God and I always felt closest mm -hmm. to God. I always had a strong faith. But it really was a couple of junctures in my 30s where I, 30s were a real difficult time for me personally until Trish came into my life. And I truly mean that. And God kind of leaned into me that you need to have a relationship with my son. Um, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I, I didn't know what that meant because it wasn't really part of my church experience. And so God used a couple of different crazy paths, including my, my oldest daughter dating a boy whose father was a Baptist preacher and him showing up in my house one day and, and intent on telling me basically that I was going to hell. Um, <laughs> and then later found out, he was in my office a week later saying, hey, you're a, you're a saved Christian. You have a relationship with Christ. And he handed me a book, um, a little pamphlet book called Done by Carrie Schmidt. And I've now probably ordered, this is actually a, a neat little uh, kind of math question. I've ordered 300 of those books across the last 15 years, and I've given out only about 50 of them, but I don't have any left. So it'd be a, that'd be an algebra question for you, Rich. <laughs> whenever I hand one out, I get people to come back and ask five or six more, right. um, mm. which is kind of really the power of it. And then um, through another series of different events that would be take too long to get into that are just God connections of people, um, ended up kind of leaving the Catholic Church, uh, getting involved with a Bible-based church, which really taught me that the Word of God is living and breathing and, and will help discern your will, not to quote book titles as I go through here today, Rich, but, um, <laughs> but I will. And then um, I think for us as a couple, the linkage was really in October 15 when we did our first abiding retreat yeah. with you. And I think both Trish and I came powerfully moved yeah yeah we'll talk about that um, by by that experience yeah. so and then our family has followed in that obedience and, and truly that surrender to Christ mm -hmm. and a life in Christ mm -hmm. um, our children are walking with Christ and it's the I think you and I had a discussion once rich when I asked you does this mean the curses are over I mean I said source the blessings who in my past has sourced the blessings and he said I don't know who to source the blessings with but the curses have ended yeah and that's just such a great tribute to your wisdom mm. and leadership of, of really sticking to the word. Yeah, so yeah, it's beautiful. that's my story in a nutshell. Yeah, beautiful. And your dad, you said your dad uh, would go to these uh, prospective Boy Scouts and go with them to their churches and stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And Zion Bible was kind of neat because it was an auditorium and it was like 300 people in an auditorium that was diagonal to our house we were the only white people there and they were very charismatic and they would sit up and they they were very almost pentecostal in their 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 enthusiasm yeah. and i'm like are we supposed to be here are we okay and my dad was just so comfortable in that setting yeah and yeah, i just beautiful. stuck with me there and my dad died feeling young. he died at 59 he died suddenly i was just telling the story this morning on the morning of my father's death his car hit an underpass here in town. And so I had to get towed. And I went over to the house to see if he'd be OK. What, what happened? And he said, he didn't answer that my car had the overpass, underpass. He didn't answer that I got in a car accident. He answered with, the Lord had mercy on me. Wow. Mm. And he went in the other room, turned on TV, sat in a rocking chair. I left to go play basketball, and he died in that chair. My goodness. Wow. So he had died on that underpass, but the shock of the accident rever you know, gave him kind of a, a defibrillation. Yeah. Hmm. His reaction was the Lord had mercy on him. Wow. That's comforting. Wow. That's comforting. Didn't let me die in an underpass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I've heard this story before and um, quite frequently. Uh, and now I'm real. I'm thinking, did he actually mean the Lord had mercy on him at that very time or through his life? Um, probably at that moment, but reflectively, I think, you know, he lost my mom when we, we were in high school just a few years before that, after a very quick uh, two-week illness and death. With, so he was reeling from a lot mm -hmm. of stuff. But, yeah, he may have meant that more than just that. My brothers and I talk about that a lot, that 
you know, my brothers walk strongly with Christ, which is such a blessing to yeah. me. Mm. Yeah. And so it'd be a discussion with, what do you think about dad? You know, mm. and it'd be like, well, you tell me the last words he said to you. Yeah. Yeah. The last words he said to me would the Lord had mercy on me. Yeah. That's what a, that's a blessing a, that is for you what as well. What just to be able to hold on to those. Such a yeah. comfort. Such yeah. a comfort. Yeah. Now, how did, how did you two meet uh, and then decide to get married? How did, how did that go? Uh, I held a big raffle because I was single and I, you know, and thousands, thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the person that, the person that lost the raffle is had, had, had to follow yeah. through with, with uh, Dean. Huh? That's the way we do things up here. Yeah, we, know that, know we, we say who, he, he or she who is least of my brothers, right? So you can tell that story, go ahead. Uh, so I was studying for the CPA exam and I was working for an appraiser, a um, real estate appraiser. Uh, and so he, he was actually a good friend of mine and he came to me uh, one night and said, hey, we're going to a party, a Christmas party. Uh, would you like to come? And I, I will never remember this. Excuse me, I'll never forget this because had I not changed my mind, my life would be completely different today. Mm. So I remember looking up to him and saying like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? With everything I have to do, I can't go to a party. And he goes, no, really, you have to go because it's important. You need a break. So I had him promise me it would be only a couple hours. And I went and it just happened to be his company's party, Christmas party. He had maybe 10 or 15 people at the time. Uh, working for him. So he invited the vendors and we were a vendor being appraiser, an appraiser. And uh, he was talking to my friends, whose name is Mike, about the Providence College basketball team, because I would go to the games. I went to Providence College and I would go to the basketball games with my friend, Mike. And uh, he just happened to have season tickets as well. Uh, we were in the non-alcoholic section <laughs> but saying, uh so dean, are you saying dean was in another section dean was in another <laughs> section correct, correct. Which, I, which i had courtside seats she okay. didn't yeah oh nice <laughs> but you have to drink alcohol no i'm only kidding yeah. so um i said to him there was a one big game coming up and it was providence college and the university of rhode island and that's like a rhode island yeah. Uh, rivalry. you know, rivalry big thing. Yeah. So it was coming up in two days. And I said, so who are you going to the game with? And he said, you, <laughs> he looked at me and he said, you. And I was like, Whoa, I like that. I like that. Decisiveness. <laughs> How's it feel now? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I should have known. Yeah. No. Um, so uh, that's that's it. Yeah. And then we just went to the. We had lunch the next day. We had then we went to the game, which was kind of cool. And then we just started off right then yeah. and there, right? Trish started dating me the following week, and I started dating her about two years later. And yeah. before you know it, we were married. <laughs> so you you uh, so Dean, when she asked that question, you just you just responded with, "I really I want to take you." I just said, I'm going with you. Yeah. Because she was There's good some looking. confidence in that statement I, right she there. Was, <laughs> she, was, she was really good looking and she was, was there. She was? Yeah, she is, obviously. <laughs> you are. Um, we'll verify that. Yeah. So that's that's how it got rolling. Yeah. Uh, I drive by that office and this is, you could probably imagine this. I drive by that office. It's still there. And I think how much God changed my life that night. Mm. Truly, mm -hmm. it scares wow. me to look at that building. Yeah, it scares me to realize that what if she didn't come? I, God might have had a different plan for me to meet her somewhere else. I I'm very faithful in that order, but boy, I look at that building and I'm saying, "Whew!" I tell the kids when we drive by, I said, "You know that building right there, that building, mm -hmm. which was our second Shamrock office." Yeah, and then um, uh, what was dating like? You said you dated for what two years before you got married? No, we did. We dated for five years. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, it was it was hard. I was I worked for a company where I went overseas quite frequently, um, and it was difficult, you know, to date. It it didn't go as like we didn't. It wasn't as fast dating like they are today. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, I I had it. I had I was married with a six and a four year old, 
And she left and she left abruptly and suddenly and just took off and said, I don't want to be married. I don't want anything to do with the kids. And it was really God moving behind that scene because there had been a lot of issues of infidelity with her. God was releasing me from that, um, giving me another opportunity. And then Trish came into my life. But the kids, I still didn't, I wasn't sure they were ready for a, for a, another person in their lives. And so I, I, I kept space in there and I sure. did not, you know, I did not check with God on any of that, you know, because I think that God would have, I, I can't say I think what God would have, that's a terrible thing to say, but, <laughs> but I, I kept that period of dating open for the heart of my kids, I thought, but um, maybe it was a trust issue with me or maybe it was something else. And it was not to my benefit because once we got married, we were able to really take advantage of God's covenant agreements within a marriage mm. and the generational blessings. And for her and I, Trish and I to have two more children. And, you know, I think back on that time and I'm like, I kicked around five years that didn't mm. need to be kicked around. I, but baby making years, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> Kathy, you might appreciate this. You know what the downside of that is? So I turned 60 this year. Uh-huh. When I turned 60 with a high school freshman. So like this, if you, there's no retirement in the Bible and I'm not going to retire, but this <laughs> idea that I'm going to, we have a, a second home in Florida that I'm ever going to get there for any stretch of time. <laughs> I can go back from 1995 to 2000 when I just dragged my feet mm-hmm. and, and said, I didn't think about the end of the road. You, know, anyway. yeah. <laughs> you, you don't need that story. And what, uh, year, what year did you get married? 2000. 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, interesting. We've had uh, uh, April and Ned and uh, from the east, and they got married in 1999. So, right. Uh, and I think you guys did. You say your first abide retreat that you went to was October of 2015. Also, yeah, with that was the one with April and Ned. That's yeah. great. Did April and Ned tell you they got married in 99 because they thought the world was going to end on 2000 and they didn't want to end single people? That's, really? did they <laughs> that? That's what they said. That they bought electric cars and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that story is true, but it sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, and it sounded like Dean, um, you already had your company Shamrock, right? When you were, yep. uh, when you guys met, uh, tell us about that company. What is that like? What do you do? And, and how's that going for you right now? Uh, so Shamrock's a mortgage lending company, consumer lending. Uh, we're in our 33rd year, turned 32 years old in July, mm-hmm. started the company in 89, bought out a partner in, in 96, brought Trish into the company um, in 2001 because she was an international auditor traveling all around. We weren't going to be able to have a family with that. And she was incredibly overqualified. We were a mortgage broker at that time, and we we're going to make the jump to mortgage lender, which in our industry is a big step. Right, right, right. So Trish said, look, I, I'll come in and walk with you on this and we wouldn't have had the ability to attract somebody with her talent and her Mm -hmm. skills that early in that so it was another providential moment with God just saying look I'm gonna put you in here I think she probably would like to kind of regret that nowadays but uh no I'm just kidding so we um we began to grow obviously the housing crisis came in to play we really contracted during that period held Mm -hmm. on tight so many God stories Mm -hmm. In that I was sharing some at dinner last night with a couple that uh, just incredible God stories of where he showed up uh, during that period, surviving us when two thirds of the mortgage companies in the country went out of business right, in 07. Right. Right. Wow. So, and we survived, we turned it around. And, um, Were you now, in C12 at that point? No, I joined C12 in 2014. And that was a change agent for this, for Shamrock, a complete, right. complete change agent. And I can pivot to that a little bit. So Trish had approached me in the end, somewhere in the uh, summer of 13 and said, look, you're miserable. <laughs> you're miserable at your job. I can see it. you're not happy, you're not fulfilled. And we had 12 was a very uh, profitable year, but the CFPB had come into play. Uh, that's a legislative body. That's a, a body that governs our industry. And the industry was tough. It was grinding. Um, you know, Rich, with your financial background, you might remember what 12, 13, 14 started to look like just as threats to businesses yep. because of very aggressive government regulation. And yes. I was just really sitting there and I was just like, it's slugging around. I had been, you know, 53 at that time, 54, had done well. And I thought, and Trish came out and said, why don't you take your ball and go home? Just take your ball and go home. 
And I got so offended by that. And I don't really have an offended gene in me, but I was like, no, I'm not done. And through a set of circumstances you just can't put together, I end up in front of Rick Ferris, chairman of C12. <laughs> and I joined C12 and I quickly realized that I had the org chart backwards. I, I always knew that God was real. I had a walk with Christ, but I thought it was my company and, and God was there for me. Mm-hmm. In the good times, I would praise him. And in the bad times, I'd pray to him. But it taught quickly teaches you at C12 that it's his company. You serve at his discretion and his will. Do you know what kind of pressure that takes off somebody? Yeah. Like enormous pressure removed instantly when you surrender it to him. So we started moving along, went through, you know, 15, 16, we're, we're normal year, 17, 18. Obviously, 20 came along. Very challenging year for a period of time. And then a re- very robust year. We began a, a national uh, growth campaign. We were in six states, so kind of a sub-regional company with about 80 employees. And we decided in the early 220 to, to begin to grow. So now we're in 23 states with 160 employees. Wow. And asking ourselves every day, are we nuts? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I keep checking with God on it and confirming. And Trish does that at times as well. And it's fun and it's scary all at the same time. Yeah, sure. Um, so I don't know where he's going to lead us, but we're both faithful to staying. He's made it clear to me, mainly through my abiding, Rich, that uh, it's as long as you make it people of a profit, I'm behind it. That's right. That's so right. I always thought, maybe you could, why don't you speak into it? Because I've talked long enough, just the growth and just the whole thing. Uh, yeah. So when we talk about our growth, we talk mostly about how many people we can affect. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, truth be told, we try to bring in and have had a good foundation in bringing in people who do have some type of walk. Uh, that doesn't disqualify someone as for coming in, but it's led to a nice foundation here. Uh, they, people who have a walk enjoy being around people who have a walk and it makes us stronger for when we bring people in who don't have a walk. Mm. I think we've um, changed some lives that we normally would not have been able to change had we not had those you know, mm. people who walk with the Lord uh, in the building. We continue to uh, be attractive to those people. You know, with the ministries that we have, we have um, a corporate, corporate chaplain. We have a prayer group in the morning. We're starting a woman's Bible study uh, in two weeks. Mm. We have different financial things in place that uh, will help uh, individuals who are in need. We obviously have the, 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 the requisite company charities that we donate to, but we are constantly attracting very, not only highly qualified and highly technical people, but also people who can change lives inside and outside the building. Yeah. And, uh, that really has been, you know, we talk about, we talk a lot here about our culture, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and people say, oh, is it a fun place to work? Do you go out for drinks and after a good month? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a culture where the individual can thrive uh, in their lives based on many factors. And the biggest factor we like to see is the factor of them developing spiritually. Right. It's important to all our, I would think, well, maybe not to all our managers, but definitely the executive level and a good three quarters of the managers in this building and, and even outside this building that developing up people spiritually is extremely important. Yeah. And Trish, do you still, love- do you still work for the uh, company? I work for the company, yes. I um, don't get paid enough. So <laughs> if you can put in a good word for me, Rich, I would ap- okay. appreciate that. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a conversation with uh, with Dean and uh, make sure you get the big, you. big bonuses. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll bring that to my C12 group next week and, and we'll see what they have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, 
I love, Trish, what you described just a minute ago, because I think what you're really fleshing out there ties to what Dean said as when, and I'm assuming maybe this started more intentionally with when you stepped into C12, but if not, maybe he laid the groundwork before, but you guys really have embraced the idea that business is ministry. Mm. Period. And I know there's so much um, thinking out there right now that really the next big revival is starting with business mm -hmm. influencers and business leaders. And um, the fact that you have just totally surrendered your company and said, mm -hmm. this is your company, God, what do you want to do? And then you didn't just leave it there. You've mm -hmm. stepped into, Trish just described all these steps that are beautiful ways that you're equipping your people and you're actually making an impact and yeah, you know i just love the that sense of surrender and continual continual surrender and what about now what do you want us to do now and you said you're starting up a, a women's study mm -hmm. so as he lays out more you're continuing to just step in with faithfulness and i yeah. love that and as you two um uh, i know you came to that retreat same one that ned, ned and april came to uh Tell us about your abiding. What have you learned about that? How, how do you do it personally? And then what has that meant to you? Um, I'm going to go first with you. If I can, then you can finish. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, I love abiding. I can't, I cannot tell you enough how much it's changed. And there have been pockets in the past uh, four years where I, I, for a few weeks or maybe no longer than a month, a month and a half, where things had just gotten out of control and, and I put it aside. But once I pick it back up mm. and, 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 and I'm faithful, I realize how important it is. And um, it, the abiding answers my questions that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> oh, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, I have had some in the, since the first abiding, I've had some different issues that I've come up with, um, excuse me, that have come up and uh, abiding has always answered them. If for some reason there wasn't an answer right away, it gave me the strength to proceed in a direction that God just pulled me because of the abiding. You know, I can think of an issue where I had to let someone go and they were a valuable, valuable person to me. And I was like, but what am I going to do? No one does what they do and I can't find anyone else. What am I going to do? And he didn't, he didn't uh, tell me what to do. He gave me the um, he gave me the abundance of uh, faith to push the fear aside. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And once I pushed that fear aside, it was so clear to me what I had to do. And I felt he was sitting right there. I actually had to do it driving. I had to fire that person driving. <laughs> and I remember driving and I felt he was right beside me sitting in that seat. So um, it's, it's just, it's helped me tremendously with the decisions I've had to go for. I know we talked about, I, I had cancer as well during this and through the treatment. I remember getting pushed into the radiology where the radiation was, and I remember getting pushed into that tube every day, and I didn't. I never felt alone, never felt alone because I was in abiding, and um, I remember thinking about David, uh, and reading on David, and just thinking, well, this is my fire, this is it, I got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what's, what's the status of that now, by the way? I'm good so far. Three years out. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Your turn. Great um, beat that. I can't beat that. <laughs> um, you will. <laughs> no, I really won't. It's uh, abiding. Here's the biggest takeaway, Rich, that I had with abiding from from when I learned it in October of, of 15 right to now. That the abiding process in the morning and journaling a question and really asking two questions. I didn't learn until later on in another study with you was, what are you doing here, God? And what do you have to say about this? Yeah. What are you doing and what do you have to say? Um, those are key components of my daily life. What do you have to say about this? And what are you doing here? And once I can journal that and I can get into it, I was in Romans this morning and I'm reading through and uh, I'm cross-channeling somewhere else, and I'm not really getting an answer to the question that I was posing. And then, 
It's just so funny. I get in my prayer time and it says, I need you to step into the work. I need you to step into the work. And I knew exactly what he meant. It was an employee issue and a contract issue. And I hadn't really looked at the details. And you, you saw this just an hour yeah. ago. Mm. When I walked into the meeting, and I'm not usually the guy that handles contracts or kind of lengthy agreements. I kind of look at it globally and yeah. I have that kind of, but I was, I caught math mistakes by the person putting it together. Not me. Mm. Not me. It wouldn't be you. It's, it started with a faithfulness to his word this morning in saying, mm -hmm. step into the work. That's what mm -hmm. I want you to do right now. I don't want you to worry about anything more than you've got some work to do here. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing about abiding that you just don't comprehend until you're in it is how often you'll leave the time where you're in the word. It might be to go to neutral. It might be step into the work. It might be nothing being confirmed. And then four times during the day, you get absolute confirmation. Yeah, yeah. By a brother coming up against you or to you, or a sister coming up and saying this, or how did this happen? I, I had it happen an hour ago before we even got on the call. Um, at one of my, the question I, I, boy, I just thought about this. The question I was abiding in this morning that said, step into the work. In the middle of the meeting of the contracts, I got a call from one of my C12 colleagues who gave me the answer. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize this. Yeah. I came back into the room with five of my senior people. He gave me a look. And then they said, well, what's going on? And I said, uh, I make the next call on this. Well, what are you going to say? I make the next call on this. That's what I just got from God. This is what God just told me. I make the next call. Well, I was going to make the call. And I was going to do this. No one's doing anything. I'm making the next call. <laughs> we have to, all right. Well, what do we? You want to? You want to drive run that? You want to go through it? I said, nope. nope. I know exactly what I have to do. It's clear. Mm -hmm. That's today. Yeah, that's pretty. You're right. I was going to top it. What's your you driving? I didn't think I could top that, but that happened like today. Yeah. And it wasn't. I didn't get a verse in the morning. What I got was st step into the work, please. I need you to, I call a meeting to step into the work and in the meeting I get a call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pulling me out of the meeting. Yeah. Saying, here's your answer. Yeah. What you're describing is that 24 seven abiding. Mm. It's, it's not, you know, abiding we think of it sometimes and, and so much in the church world is we sit down and we have our abide time or we have our, our time in the word and whatever, but God calls us to abide 24 seven with him and to practice yeah. his presence. And so as we are faithful to come before him with our questions and in his word, he does exactly what you say. And throughout the day, he continues speaking to us because we have a surrendered heart wanting to hear. Well said, mm -hmm. yeah. so well said. And if I could wish anything on my colleagues or the people that are taking the abiding retreat with me, um, each Thursday morning, it would be to understand that, Kathy, to mm -hmm. understand that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you just gave right a there. perfect example of it, though. I love that. Yeah, and that, yeah, God, and it, and that God's will is step by step, yeah. uh, which is beautiful, you know, that, well, step into the work. Okay. <laughs> you call a meeting to step into the work. Uh, we're going to process this. Uh, while you're doing that, God says, here, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you, <laughs> I'm going to give you an answer which you paid attention to, you know, okay, I'm going to take mm -hmm. this call. Here's your answer. Walk back in, you know, and so by just, and, and what we're, what Kathy and I've been trying to tell everybody about God's will, which you guys can, can share more about is um, we tend to just want the end line, you know, just give me the mm -hmm. end. Uh, mm -hmm. And he says, well, why don't you walk with me mm -hmm. and I'll give it to you step by step. And you just be faithful to the immediate step, which which he said to you this morning. I'll just step into the work. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What What also comes out of, and I know with his recent decision to go into that meeting, listen, go into that meeting, and then be pulled out again, is the fact that when the decisions are made, and these say whatever comes out, he decides yes, we're going to go for it he's comfortable in that decision. And mm -hmm. I know as a, a fellow business person, when your decisions have that 
power behind it, mm-hmm. regardless of what the outcome is. You know, you could lose money, you could make money, regardless what the outcome is, you're confident in your decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's important as a business person that that's the right decision. It's like mm-hmm. when you send your children away to school, to college, you, you pray on what school should they go to? And when mm-hmm. you get there, even if they screwed up, you know it's still the right place for them because you put so much work and prayer into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So that's the result you're finding down the road. Um, and sometimes we miss, mm-hmm. we, we, we don't recognize that immediately, but I feel more confident in making decisions. And I know you do as well, Dean, that mm-hmm. the confidence are based not in our, you know, our education, uh, the, they're not in maybe some numbers. Mm-hmm. They're based right. in, in prayer. How do you two, um, as you as you together uh, process to discern God's will, how do you guys do that as a couple? We argue about it. We argue. We rival. <laughs> we, we, um, a common line with me was, well, I better go. I, I'm going to go confirm that, Trish. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I'm like, you do that. You I, do that. I do that with... <laughs> I do that with incredible grace. Okay, all right. <laughs> Everybody would want to be around, which I don't. But. You know what's funny? We we pretty we come together on a yeah. lot of we mm. think each other like we'll we'll be in church and uh, they'll be asking us for a particular decision, oh. and he'll say, all he has to say is, "Are you thinking what I'm thinking?" And I'm like, "Yes." And the numbers there, if it's a number, say it's a, a cap. It's a, bizarre. We have times where we'll be at a function where there's a call for, for a donation. That's an easy one to use in an illustration mm-hmm. like this because it's it's numerical and it's it's easy to go to. And I know when she looks at me and she says, I got a number in mind. I said, it's mm-hmm. the same one. Yeah. Just write, mm-hmm. get your checkbook out and write it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding. It's never not the same one. Yeah. I and love it, that. We, we don't just default to the same number all the no. time, $10. We don't default, <laughs> default to that. It, it's, it's usually a different number, but we just always yeah. are lined up. And in our big decisions. It actually, well, yeah. last night, we had dinner with a prospect last night. And we both came out of that. And then, I mean, it's, it's just, it can bring us to the next level business-wise. But we both came out of that saying, there, this prospect is a strong Christian as well. And we, we came out of that uh, with an ease that, and this is how mm-hmm. we, we come together. I said to him, regardless of what happens, if he comes with us, it's God's decision. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't come with us, it's God's decision. So, and he was like, I was thinking that exactly. And it just took all the pressure off of us, but it's fine. Let's, so what do you want to watch when you go home? <laughs> And I mean, this yeah. is a this is a prospect that could take us in a double our business in in mm. a matter of six months. And him and I were so at peace with it mm. because we knew that God's decision is God's decision. We put the work into it already. Yeah, we had an hour ride home, and normally in an old time before 2015, at least, um, I would dry run with Trish what my next move was going to be and what it was going to sound like. Mm. and how I wouldn't make a mistake and I'd handle it this way or this way or this way or this way and we had none of that we weren't out of the parking lot and the conversation was over and it was on to how much we liked them personally and how much we admired a, a number of the faith discussions that they had and mm. we went we took the hour ride home and we never talked about very intricate contract stuff that came up this morning yeah you know it's just mm-hmm. it's powerful it's really it's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. You might, Rich, Rich, write this down, because you might want to do it. Yeah, it's called Supernatural. Think, <laughs> think, think, I should, think I should do something on that? I think if you put one of your little retreats together around Supernatural, I don't know, I think it could work. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and as you, as you work toward getting confirmation in the spirit, which you're kind of describing... How could you help our audience understand that? Because when you get the same number, it's, you know, you say something and you, yep, that's what, I, that's what I'm sensing the same. How, how does that, describe how that works so that the audience can understand it? Because it's, sometimes it's a mystery. It's like, well, yeah, you guys are lucky, uh, but it's not luck. It's, it's usual. It's supposed to be usual. So how does that work for you? Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, you got something on that? Well, I think we're both so heavy in our, um, I, with being in the word and we're in different parts of the Bible together. Uh, so I think the discernment just comes upon us. Yeah. It, supernatural, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, that's at least how I feel about mm. it, that it's just there. We're because of the obedience that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to that point, I think we've both gotten good. I can say this for me. I don't want to presuppose this on anyone else, but when there's a moment where I don't feel like I'm at that spot or a num just any number of times like that, it's the question is, am I being disobedient in some area? Oh yeah. Am oh. I not? It, is there something God's saying to me that I'm ignoring or doing mm -hmm. the opposite of? Unrelated. And yeah. I, I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, let's go to Ephesians 6.18 that let the Spirit lift up my prayer and say, is there something? Do I have blinders on here? And you know what? There is. There usually is. It's, mm. you know, you've heard my wine testimony, Rich. I think I shared it with you, which is a lengthy testimony. But for a year... God wanted me to drop the idol of wine. And I negotiated for a solid year. <laughs> and I did a brilliant job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It's some of my best work ever. Yeah. Um, and it's almost to that moment of when I surrendered to, hmm. and he, he put a full court press on me with, with my abiding. It's the greatest abiding um, testimony I have. It's supernatural. It's bizarre. It's like... I can't even, I'm at, you watched it. Yeah. And like, I gave up wine on May 6th, 2017 without knowing I was giving up wine. And I can test you, and I've said this to you guys, I did not have a drinking problem. I would tell you if I did, I don't no problem with that. I, it was I a never, hobby for you, right? Weren't you was, very much into I, the I different- I ran organizations on yeah. it. Um, I had an 1800 bottle wine cellar. I chose my restaurants on it. I chose hotels on it. Um, mm. I would bring my own wine to the abiding retreat, Rich, just in case. <laughs> but you had better stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so God revealed to me in no uncertain terms that I had been disobedient in trying to negotiate mm. this. And he laid the wood to me for a four-day period that's supernatural. And then I said, all right, I get it. It's over, but I can't do this. Mm. You said, take it away from me. I can't do this. I cannot do this. And Trisha, as we say it all the time, if I smell a glass of red wine right now, I smell NyQuil. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how that ever happened. Yeah, that's interesting. But once the obedience, I can trail some things back and not that it's a quid pro quo or there's any kind of supposition around that. I can look back to how my life has changed since that time, that, that May of 2017. Um, three of my four children have been baptized. My wife's been baptized. I was baptized just before that. I can go into how I, my ramp up in C12 brought in EOS, which changed the entire culture of Shamrock to the point where we've had four or five years in a row that have just been historic. Now, maybe that doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm not trying to say it's one for the other. And I've had many times abiding now where, Lord, what's going on? He's saying, check your obedience. Are you being obedient in the area? And I'm not, believe me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when no, you, what, go ahead. No, there's times where I, yeah. he exposes it. Okay. And then I say, all right, but boy, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. Okay. I, so when, when that happens to you um, and you hear that, again, that's the Holy Spirit. And uh, what, do you, what do you then do with that? And you even said it is that he's not saying to you, well, go fix it and let me know. Um, mm -hmm. He just says, this is an area that I'd like to work on. Uh, how do you then process that through to, you know, being obedient, but him, him fulfilling what he just said to you? How does that work? Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. So the first thing is I try to confirm that I actually heard the disobedience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the devil's pretty good at telling you being disobedient yeah. at times too. Yeah. So I may spend a few days really asking God to reveal the disobedience is from you. Yeah. Mm. Because there's plenty of rats in my head and there's plenty of <laughs> plenty of people around that have rats at their disposal at all times. Mm -hmm. um, so I get through that process and then I surrender that I cannot be obedient in this area. 
without you. And mm -hmm. sometimes I can, sometimes it's really simple. But I remember I did a retreat, a 24-hour retreat last year. I don't even think I shared this with you. That was, so you know, some business goal setting along with some spiritual goal setting and just getting away for 24 hours by myself, which I, I did. And he immediately took me to the back end of Proverbs 31 to read about my wife. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so my first two pages of notes were from that area. And, and he said, you're not obedient in how I want you to be with your wife. I've told you this, this, and this of how you react. And I, I don't want this. So I immediately assumed that that was the devil, of course. Because I, <laughs> I from God. Yeah. So I got a whole other notebook out, and I went to an ESV Bible instead of an NIV just to make sure I had it right. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, for the next two or three weeks, he just continued to expose times where I was hmm. lacking obedience with my tongue in those areas. Wow. And wow. so I think that's some of the process. It's always a working process. But I'll tell you what, I, I know one way not to have it done and that don't abide. Right. Hmm. Don't abide. Don't don't journal. Don't cross reference. Don't get in the word. Don't pray. Don't seek the wise counsel of others around you. Um, yeah, that's that's the way to stay disobedient. That's that makes it really easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for both of you, uh, Trish, when when God is speaking something that, well, I'm not sure about this, uh, or uh, it doesn't make sense to me, um, why do you still rejoice at that, and how do you, how do you process that? So, uh, when when God speaks to me, He speaks pretty clearly. I uh, He tends to speak to me in the very difficult um when he speaks to me he yells at me I, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it but I, you know during the day there's some certain he's speaking through me to me through his word mm -hmm. and that starts out in the morning and it starts my day and as the day progresses it's a kind of a conversation that happens on a lighter note. But every once in a while, and it happened to me a couple weeks ago, he screams at me. Mm -hmm. And I had a situation a couple weeks ago that he, I felt someone walk into my room. Dean was away. I felt someone walk in, we, go in, we, we had a good family friend who was going through a very, very difficult time. It, it, very difficult. And that night, I felt someone walk into my room and sit at the end of my bed. I literally felt the bed go down. Mm. And uh, I thought, so I heard him walk into my room. And then when he sat down, I said, oh, one of the dogs must be on the bed. And then I realized it wasn't the dog. So I had one question. My question was, what do you want me to do? And he answered me. So, and then I just, you know, went back to sleep. But I woke up the next morning with a command to do. And it did not have to do with business, which normally, because this kind of had to do with business, the whole issue we were having, this particular person's involved in business. The whole command had taken me in a direction that wasn't a direction I would have chose. Yeah. I would have chose... Let's get into the business of this and figure mm -hmm. this out. Let's hit the ground running. I'm, it's got to be a spreadsheet for this. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. me. That my command was in a different direction. Mm. And I woke up so um, scared, really, because I didn't know how to do that other direction. But I had the confidence that I would be able to take care of it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Rich, your question when, how does it look? It's pretty strong when it hits me. Yeah. When it hits me, it's it's not a whisper. It's mm. it's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for you, as you describe the word, 
you know, yell. It's just you're talking about there's a strength there that he's saying, pay attention to this. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's kind of that. And Dean, you described a little bit differently. So one thing that Kathy and I talk about is that every every way that God speaks is unique. Uh, mm -hmm. That hits you and how you respond to it. And, you know, like Dean, you were describing, you know, hey, son, um, is there something that you're, you know, not obedient to? And you say, yeah, I'm willing to hear it. <laughs> you know, is what do you have to say? Make sure it's from you. And what do you have to say? And then when he says it, Okay, now you got to give me the strength to work through that to mm -hmm. fulfill it. You know, so you you described both of you described such a beautiful, uh, fresh, authentic way of just walking with God, and we can see it in you guys. You guys are mm -hmm. are enthusiastic about it, and you're having the time of your life, and uh, and you're doing it together, and that's that's a real privilege for us to see. So we're we're just thankful that you shared that uh, with us uh, today as we uh, end our time together. Thank you so much for given everybody a, a real understanding of what it means to walk with God. And, and we're gonna uh, have you back and we'll find out about that uh, potential client that you said, well, God, oh, yes. what do you got to say about that? Uh, that'll be fun to see. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys uh, soon. And uh, Kathy, what a privilege it is to have uh, Dean and Trish uh, share. And uh, again, as we, we, we just uh, love that they can be so real and everybody can understand that reality, mm -hmm. you know, so what a beautiful thing. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing everything. Thanks, Rich. Guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank We're glad, you. glad to have you and we look forward to seeing you soon. And Kathy, we will uh, see you tomorrow with uh, End Times Friday. So. Sounds great. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Thanks. See you guys soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.